It is the Baking It Down podcast with Sugar Cookie Marketing. It is the Baking It Down podcast with Sugar Cookie Marketing. <laughs> okay, Corey, after that introduction jazz sesh, what can people expect to find here? Phoebe's already stood up, so you know it's going to be a, a solid podcast. What we try to do on the Baking It Down podcast is talk about one business marketing nugget that you can take into the week with you in your back pocket and try to implement it. We have over, I think, 80 episodes, maybe 80 episodes of this. I think it's this will be 77. A little 80-ish. <laughs> so it feels like had, <laughs> if you had 80 little tips and tricks to have with you in your back pocket, you'd be set up for success. So each week we come bring one to your little plate that you can listen to while you bake. Why am I plate little? Sure. What if I have a big plate? Your giant, your giant <laughs> catering plate. <laughs> your big so, old bacon cheek. <laughs> Uh, break down the layout of this. Assuming that we stay the course throughout the, okay. the episode. We do, we do hit on the same things each week. Are they out of order sometimes? They're out of order. Yes. Um, do we try to include them all? Sometimes, no. yes. <laughs> um, but we try to get to the meat and potatoes at the beginning. So we have our marketing minutes right at the front. So if you need to tune us out for the rest of it, you totally can. Then we go to the Cookie College. It's a course, it's a membership me and Heather offer and we cover that. Then we go to group stuff, I do believe. I feel like in the past it was voicemails, but we can okay, go out of order. <laughs> and then we will hit on to voicemails. Voicemails are from folks who listen, who can call, text, or email in, and we try to answer you guys on the pod. Then we go to our sponsors because without them, this wouldn't be possible. Sometimes we have Twinterest. Um, if we're interesting, most of the time we're not, but we are forcing ourselves because people said, I don't even care if it deals with baking. <laughs> you could be anything. And then we head off if I check the mailbag, which I never do. There's it's a package. Just, why didn't you tell me? I did. You knew did it. Not. You no. knew it last week. I, you know, I, you, you keep saying like I'm you getting these it. emails. You knew it. And you can make you email, check your promo. In one of those email addresses, it's your emails are going somewhere else. You need to tune into the Jessica Wolf's <laughs> She rescheduled. It's okay. I feel like I'm going to snooze. Anyway, so let's jump into it. Today, we are going to teach you guys how to ride motorcycles. Good. I've never been on. I've been on one twice. Wow, which ones did you run? There again, couldn't tell you. Two wheel ones. <laughs> I mean, who's who owned them? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Two wheel ones. <laughs> okay, but I was thinking the other day about how the parallels of motorcycle riding. Uh, I guess kind of saying, no shame to my fellers out there, but when you're a chick on a bike, a lot of people like to give you some tidbits, <laughs> some little tidbits little of information. Right. But the whole if you've never been on a motorcycle are in the motorcycle community. They have sayings for absolutely everything. And they're catchy. The, the sayings are catchy. They call people Every, in cars, me, cagers. 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 But cagers. as if we all, well, I don't have a bike right now, but as if all, they all don't go back to their car. <laughs> but they're not, they, they look down on cagers when they're on bikes and then become cagers during their nine to five. Yeah, we don't acknowledge that everyone has a car at home. Uh, but like every, you know, like every kind of hobby has its like colloquial phrase. It's like skydiving. When I was skydiving. Uh, the guy, the instructor was like, hey, if you make a mistake, you have the rest of your life to fix it. That's hilarious. That's, That's hilarious. a joke. That's hilarious. I was like, What's a cooking funny. joke? Bake first, blood later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have to think about that. That is a good one. We'll have to hold the yeah. group. So back into motorcycles, here is a couple of things. And if you have a partner or friend who motorcycles, you could use these. And they'd be like, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. But you could be like, no, I'm better than you because I know as well, yes. you cager. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the first one I wanted to kind of parallel because all this stuff can be really applied to the rest of our lives is look where you want to go. Now, we'll explain the, it on the motorcycle realm. 
the the technical term is called object fixation. And there's an issue. When you're most people in their cars are fixated on their phones, but when you only have two wheels, it makes it a little bit more See, precarious. You, you drive around Northern Virginia like I do. Yeah, gators everywhere beyond their phones. But when you are on a motorcycle, you only have two wheels, so your your leaning is actually how you turn, right? Okay. Um, but when you look at something you don't want to hit, that's called object fixation. And what you don't realize as a motorcycle rider is that your body's actually taking all the, the necessary steps to hit that thing. And you're like, but I don't want to hit it. The more you don't want to hit it and the more you focus on it, the more likely you are to actually hit it because you tense up your body, you're staring at it. And when you're staring at it, what you don't realize is that your mus- your musculature is kind of making these small adjustments to the handlebars that are he- heading you right in that direction. Mm-hmm. So if you see anybody and you're like, how could they hit that? They were staring at it. They saw it. Yeah. It's because they were staring at it and they saw it. How I can liken that to business is if you have a competitor – and then they pop up, they start getting sales. Mm-hmm. Then you feel like they're copying. You. But you're staring at them. You're staring at it's them. It's becoming obsessive. Your messaging to your audience then changes from, hey, I would love to make your birthday party the next best experience to buy from me because this is the only place you can get cookies like this because no one else around this area, specifically so-and-so, can make them like I do. Right. I'm the number one original. There's a, there's a carpet cleaner in our area. Very, I mean, in the world of carpet cleaning, probably the Elvis Presley. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Oh, Hadida? No, Hadida's like a billionaire. And this dude has been in carpet cleaning for years, toured as a little space. It was pretty cool. Carpet, like Persian rug cleaning, big thing here. Yeah. Then his cousin, same last name, Mm -hmm. went and started a competing carpet cleaner business. Now, what the original guy should have done is focus on being the best. Instead, he did not look where he wanted to go. And he started looking at the cousin. And then he just focused on being better than that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so much that he rebranded his whole company to be the original last name uh, rather than being yeah. like, I'll make yeah, your like, carpet great. <laughs> so what you need to do in your business is focus on your goals. Sit down and write those goals. Is your goals to be better than so-and-so? Probably not. Is your goals to pay for the next Disney trip with your baking money? Look where you want to go. So look at that Disney trip, and then out of focus will become the competitor. And it won't matter because you will leave them in the dust. If they're copying everything you do, cool. They're looking not where they should. Absolutely. And and that will handle itself mm-hmm. in the same way that the motorcyclists would have to look where you want to go. So if you see a motorcyclist in a turn, they're looking through to the end of the turn because that's where they want to land. They want to end up through the turn. So you'll look, you'll never look where the, the front wheel is. You're going to look all the way to the end of the turn. Yeah. Look and it is, that goal. it takes a lot of practice. And that's the one thing that messes people up at the beginning is that. Before we move on to the next one and before someone texts in and say the twins text and drive, I meant like everyone else in Nova text and drive. Versus I say the there, champ. This is a confession. I don't know. You. I'm like, well, is someone going to get mad that that sentence wasn't specifically I think rude. texting and driving, obviously, everyone's like, you can't text and drive, only I can. But I, you know, you really don't want to text and drive, especially if we're talking about motorcycles. You can hardly see them, anyways. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that I have that actually comes from it, so I can draw a parallel to this for motorcycles, is uh, what is my phone charger? What's I that have called? No idea Hold that on, where's my phone? Hold on, it's right on the back. Oh, yeah, quad lock. So I got a motorcycle, and I wanted to put my phone on the handlebars. That way I could, you know, GPS, text, text and ride. <laughs> Just kidding. So, but uh, then it came out with the quad locks, the brand, but they realized, like, if I have to do this whole case on my motorcycle, they came out with a whole brand for your car. And then it has a charging phone it so I can charge my phone from the back mm-hmm. while navigating and Spotify. And then Heather has this little suction cup to her windshield so the phone yeah, is yeah, in the yeah. center. 
I got this new car, new wish car back at the beginning of the year. And then it will be like, I'm here, where are you? But my phone allows me to voice command like four different sentences. Yes, no, on my way. <laughs> or I'll talk to you later. It's just, just, just text me to I, I don't want the automated replies. <laughs> yes, no, on my way. <laughs> so the next one, and I really like this one a lot, is ride your own ride. Uh, so bake your me- own cookies. <laughs> We can just we can just kind of replace the word motorcycle. <laughs> when you are kind of a newer rider and you want to do these kind of group rides, and then you see that the experience level. I was once invited to a motorcycle. I want to stress to you that I'm pretty poor at motorcycle riding. Better than me. Better than you. But <laughs> the margin of error on a bike. But I was invited to a BYOBB ride. Bring your own bike ride? No, bring your own body bag. That was how dangerous the ride was. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to hard pass because uh, I will be the... We'd like to live tomorrow. Right. So what they say is when you ride your own ride and you go on these uh, rides with people, a lot of newer riders want to play catch up. Yeah, to be with who, the best. Who wants to be the guy in the back yeah. who's holding up the whole line? So they say, like, if you're on a ride and you notice people either riding above your skill set or maybe dangerously, you just ride your own ride. And if they leave you in the dust, cool, hey, listen, at the end of the day, you meet them for lunch wherever. Mm-hmm. But don't try to play catch up if it's above your skill level. So when we parallel that to cookies, riding your own ride is, like, cool. There are some people that are posting in a group and they're making tons of sales and it can get – jealously distracting to be like how come they're so good mm-hmm. well dude they've been riding the proverbial motorcycle for 10 years we just got on three months ago it's going to be a different ride but we all just have to ride our own ride it's almost like when someone does a pre-sale and they have like hundreds of comments they sell out and then you're sitting there and you're like you know what i posted my pre-sale two days ago and my mom commented you know and then you feel this this need that like it's not working. Why isn't it working? I did. I did what they did. Yeah, it's it's working for them, but they might have a book of business that's ten years long, mm-hmm. and that's experience. And they have a lot more experience. They've grown their audience. They're they they're very attuned with their audience. They're very attuned. Phoebe has now decided okay, I'm that have to go the remove him from closet the is very interesting today. <laughs> you can open it. You just gonna meander in there. Phoebe, that is crazy. Wow. This is a good podcast too. So you're gonna miss out. <laughs> So kind of ride your own ride. It's nice to get inspiration from other people, especially people that are either more advanced or more settled in their business. But use that as inspiration. And then, hey, if they're like faster than you, cool. You'll get there eventually. Just practice uh, at a steady mm-hmm. pace and, you know, stay the course. Another realm that kind of falls in is sometimes you'll have a customer that will send you a cookie set that it might be above your knowledge and skill set yeah your skill set and sometimes we get so desperate for a sale or if i tell this customer no i'll never see them again and we take on something that maybe we're not super confident with and maybe we deliver something that's not what the customer was expecting it's okay to say hey this is above my skill set i say it all the time when someone sends me this really someone sent me this very it looked like an actual flower (laughs) i had to look twice is this a flower you sent me um and i had to say hey you know what i could do my best it's not going to look like that uh if you want to go to this other baker so and so they're they're really good at florals if you want to save the sale you can say here is something that i Mm -hmm. could come in at and see what their odds are they're kind of be like that's fine or hey no i wanted the realistic flower because i had to ride my own ride (laughs) not the best somebody made that cookie that inspo cookie and it wasn't glory. <laughs> they deserve a round of applause. And riding your own ride is actually very respectable. Um, 
I, I little thing. Okay, so I got my motorcycle license, oh, you know, almost 15 years ago at this point. But I just got it for the sake of getting it. it. Right. And then I wanted to actually get a motorcycle. Ten years had passed, mm-hmm. roughly, and um, remembered nothing. I can hardly remember what I had for breakfast, let alone what I learned in a classroom. <laughs> So I messaged the motorcycle class people that I had taken 10 years ago and said, hey, I actually already have my license. Uh, What class should I sign up for? And they're like, well, if you know what you're doing, if you mean like, did you pass the class? Yeah, it was the road class in the, you know, classroom. They're like, then do this one. It's like a refresher course. What are you refreshing if there's nothing there to refresh? Yeah. So I I show up. And they're like, jump on these bad boys and start them. I'm like, start How do you them. Start them? This is the one with like, this is like an older bike too. So it had an even extra lever. So there's no way the thing was starting. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, Heather, you know, like maybe it'll, maybe it'll click. Maybe yeah. it'll click. Maybe it'll click. But you've got to be sweating at this point. And in a helmet. You're doubly sweating. If you weren't sweating before, you were sweating now. (laughs) So then he looks. There's probably, what, 10 people in this refresher course. We're all outside. You can't hardly hear over these motorcycles anyway. Somehow I got my start. I think I had to tap somebody on the shoulder. (laughs) What do I do? And then the guy looks at me and is like, hey, you there, you're going to start the ride around the track, like this course that they set up in parking lot. Like me. Me. I I was going to learn from the person in front of me. No, I'm the lead bike. So I'm like, okay. He's already like, you know, and one, two, three. And I just yeah. shot on my hand. So I was like, I don't even know. So like you raise your hand like you're um, in a little. In the I, yes, I can do it. <laughs> so when I walk off the course, the, of course, these people are so nice. I know. And this woman, she's like, I just want to thank you so much. Uh, for saying that, like, she's trying to say, like, yeah. for saying that you're terrible. But I was like, she was like, thank you so much for not trying. For riding your own ride. Yeah. Going back to the yeah. first So class. she was like, we'll actually honor your ticket. The, the refresher course is a lot cheaper than the, the full three-day course. But they're like, we'll just put you in the three-day course nice. at the same price. But you rode your own ride. And you can ride your own ride in business. You can focus on your goals. You can say to a customer, hey, I'm not comfortable taking right. on that order. Not riding your own ride is dangerous, both in business mm-hmm. and in bikes. <laughs> it is. It is. Okay. Speaking of danger, this one you always hear, and it sounds like uh, a warning. It sounds really negative, but it's to keep you humble. And the phrase is, it's not if, it's when. Uh, so a lot of times, you know, motorcycles are two wheels. They're pretty easy to fall over. Ask me how I know. You can just, they just fall over. The wind blows too hard and they fall over. Yeah. But a lot of times, you know, you'll you'll meet somebody and you'll be like, oh, you know, it was an accident. They're like, oh, I've never got an accident. And I, I'm too good to get in an accident. Yeah. And then the phrase you say back, it's not if you get an accident. It's when. It will happen. Not to, like, scare anybody, but to say just prepare yourself for it. Are you, are you know, are you taking the necessary Almost like if you think that it could happen, you will be more cognizant of things around you versus it can't happen to me. It can only happen to other people. Right. There's a lot of things that the rider can do to mitigate their own risk. So you say, hey, it's not if, it's when, you know, some of these... The, what they call is people who are, you know, do tricks on motorcycles, you know, wheelies and stuff. They call them stunters. Okay, stunter, you're putting yourself very exposed. But the stunter knows that they get in accidents because they do often. It's the rider who's like the weekend warrior. That's when the most uh, rider accidents happen is when spring hits because it's these, you know, they're people finally getting the frequently. bikes out of the garage. Right. So you want to say it's not if it's an, it's when. And I want to say that to people in cookies because you will get a better view. It's not you if will it's have when. a customer <laughs> issue, you'll get that bad review. It's going to happen, and it's better to prepare yourself now for the, the necessary precautions you're going to take then when it happens. Ways to prepare yourself now? 
Start getting those good reviews. Oh my god, that's a number one way yeah. to get rid of a bad review is to bury it with good reviews. Well, Heather, I haven't gotten the bad review yet. It's an average of your star rating and especially specifically Google. So get a bunch of them. When that bad one creeps on in, then turn around and get a bunch more. Yeah. No one will find that one star review. Sandwich it right in there. And that's just good business. If if you don't focus on getting reviews now and you get that one bad review and maybe you, your mom left your review when you first started. You're going to average a 2.53. You will. But you'll yeah. have one great review from your mom, one horrendous review from whatever happened. And people will be like, I don't know what to go with. I have to buy, hire a cookie company very quickly and I'm not going to risk it with mm-hmm. this 2.5 star. It's so crazy, in fact, that if you're ranked below a 4 star – if someone Googles highly rated cookie baker near me, you will not show up. Yeah. Highly rated, the threshold is four stars and up. Yeah. So kind of really getting prepared for that. It's not if, it's when. You will have that customer who asks for the refund. And you hear us talk about it. Why do we talk about it so much? Because we're in the group when somebody's like, I didn't expect this to happen. I thought I covered my bases, yeah. and now this person clearly is coming for the refund. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's not if, it's when. Everyone read this because it's not if. It's going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And it's when. And you can do a lot of things, both as a motorcycle rider and as a baker, to a baker and a biker. <laughs> baker, biker, business owner. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of mitigate when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny, but like my ex-boyfriend got in that accident today. <laughs> Oh, he did? Four years and years ago. Yeah, I went and got you guys from the hospital yeah, five hours Yeah, but it's not – it's when – and that uh, experience is he had uninsured motorcycle coverage, meaning when, they, when the car pulled out in front of him and he T-boned it, and the car was at fault, the guy didn't have insurance. Yeah. But the lame ex-boyfriend had uninsured motorcycle coverage, and that was recommended by the insurance I know. Uh, guy. We, can, we all went to McDonald's right after that. Her boyfriend in his little ex. garment. Let's stress his little the garment. And, and I, it was the longest day of my life. <laughs> they were like, sir, it's amazing that you're amazingly fine. Another way you can prep and be prepared in your business is setting up those boundaries now. Because if it's not if, it's when a customer pushes your boundaries, mm, whether it be showing up late to a pickup, adding Policies on extra Policies are a great if yeah, and when. You make them in good times for the bad times. Yes. That's what we, me and Heather have people sign contracts in our business. You sign them in the good days for the bad days. Yes, that's But it great. keeps everyone, it keeps everyone on the same page. I love to do, it's me and the client against the policies approach. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is like, hey, I love to. And listen, I can probably sneak around this rule if you, you know, get that down payment paid yeah. real fast. Because I would hate for the policies to have to kick in. And then those people are like, oh my goodness, thank you Absolutely. so much. On my job form, in order to even send an inquiry, you have to check a box that says there's a $10 late fee per hour you are late for your pickup. Corey's policy. Do I want to enforce that? No. But it's like the threat of violence puts everyone on the same page. Like, my time is valuable. Now you've agreed that my time is valuable. So there's going to be, like, a little hurt for you if you don't value my time. Right. So let's, like, Corey, so you're going to be able to come to him, like, hey, guys, make sure you come on time because I would hate for you guys to have to incur that leafy as if it's not you charging it. But it really sounds a lot better when it's – I'd much rather that approach than, like, hey, um, I'm sitting here in the parking lot and it's been 45 minutes and I was just wondering if you're on your way. Yeah, because Because nothing will sour your business face than someone not showing up and your missing life is flying by yeah all you're seeing as the clock ticks forward is that your actual pocketed money like your labor hours are ticking that's what i physically see money coming out of my pocket when someone is late and and a minute of waiting time is like five minutes of normal people Mm -hmm. time (laughs) if a customer is late 
because I know that I've set up those boundaries, I still want them at the end of the day to get their cookies, but I have no problem putting them on a table on my front porch and saying, hey, heat is not really good for cookies, so I'd get here as soon as you can. Right. You're going to have to have said that before this issue happened. Yeah. Because it's not if, it's when. And if you wonder what those whens are, just peruse Sugar Cookie Marketing Group for like five days. You're going to see all the possibility of whens. And there's a lot of whens. Like what I had everyone add to their cookie um, contracts and their policies is that I will do my best to replicate a color, but it might not be a 100% perfect match because we are dealing with cookies and royal icing. Because guess what? Someone at the end of the day is going to be like, hold up their their kid's first birthday invitation next to your cookies, mm-hmm. and the color is not going to be a perfect match. Mm-hmm. And you, we don't want to put you in the situation where you're like, well, I did, I did my best. I mean, at the end of the day, it's royal life. But I asked for these colors. Yeah. So you, you say, if I can tell you before you order, hey, I'm going to do my best. And you're like, hey, yeah, do your best. I'm totally fine with that. Now we have some I grounds. I like it. I like it. it's not it's not if it's when so it's absolutely just when. go out there you're not above it happening to you Corey and I are not above it happening on us but we can learn from other people and be like oh that's a good one you yes. know uh, search the group for that policies where we all crowdsourced a cookie policy yeah we all as a group crowdsourced everything everything someone has been involved in that was a negative experience right yeah, and, and made a cookie contract and that cookie contract a lot of people in the group are usually binding but not technically legal binding but you can always say hey you agree yes to this. this is kind of the agreement because you want to just set expectations okay number four Corey loves this one and you hear this all the time specifically on youtube when you're watching motorcycle crash videos and it's just for the slide not for the ride dress for the slide no to break it down when you ride on a motorcycle, it is hot. The engine is hot. It's just a radiating heat. You're it's having, hot outside right it's hot now. Outside. It's like 100 and then, degrees. And then you have, this is the issue, and you'll have a ton of motorcycle riders argue about it. But at the end of the day, your skin doesn't make for the best protection for against the pavement. Mm-hmm. So what they say is dress for the slide. So when you drop your bike, typically the bike slides out from under you, and so do you, mm-hmm. at, depending on your speed. And then they say, so dress for that. Dress for the, the worst, worst case, case scenario. scenario. And not for the ride, where it is, yeah, it's more fun to ride a motorcycle when you don't have a jacket on, and the jackets have pads in them, and then the pads have pads on them, mm-hmm. and it's really constricting and very sweaty. The whole the whole thing is disgusting smelling. <laughs> I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. And those jackets are like three hundred, five hundred dollars a pop. One time I had to put on what is a racing suit? Those leathers, yeah. Yeah, the whole body one. Yeah, it's it disgusting. was insane. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost holding its form for whoever sweated <laughs> yeah. in it before me. Uh, so when you think of like your business, like again, back kind of with the policy thing, dress for the slide, not right, just Get prepared for the worst case scenario. It is fun to think of cookies as like rainbows and unicorns and pink frosting and flowers. That is the fun part of cookies. But what we're going to actually dress for is for the slide, not for the ride. You're going to have that flip insurance. You're going to have this policy. You're going to make sure that people pay ahead of time because you want to dress your business up for that that worst case scenario. The thing that we don't want to happen, like we say, it's not if, it's when. So when it does, and that's why these two are connected, be ready, be prepared, you know, wear the proverbial pads of life. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, you want to have a helmet on. You know, I, in Virginia, we have helmet laws, but I know a lot of states don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, it's your it's your brain noggin, mm-hmm. and whatever you want to do with it, you can. So when we think about our business, what is the helmet of your business? Are you paying your taxes? You don't want the IRS man to be like, dude, you're just for the ride, not the slide. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so you can kind of, like, prepare yourself for that. And I'm not saying, like, look at your business with pessimism, but look at your business with caution. 
Um, and you can learn a lot of that from other people. You'll see that, you know, uh, one of the members was like, oh yeah, I uh, made cheesecake. I didn't realize that the Food and Drug Administration would knock on my door saying you can't make cheesecakes. Yeah. There's just some rules. Dog treats are highly regulated. Um, things like that, you know, uh, you just kind of got to be cognizant. Like the whole Mickey Mouse thing. Mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse got deeper pockets than the rest of it. So you got that copyright thing. Do I want to violate the co- copyright or not? Um, again, that's going to be, I'm not even going to get into that. But however, if you do, are you prepared for the consequences? Do you know the risks as, like attached to that? Can you pay the $2,500 fine if they come at you? And so I'd say have that emergency fund, whether it be an emergency fund for refunds, an emergency, an emergency refund, <laughs> an emergency for like, oh, I did do that, you know, Disney thing. And Disney decided to make an example out of me, out of thousands and thousands of people. I'm the one. Um, and then you can kind of say, okay, flip insurance. If somebody trips on the way up to your house, did you do that? You know, a lot of people say, don't put the branding on your car. Because, I was just going to say that. Hey, yeah. Go ahead and finish your sentence. Don't put the branding on your car because it actually violates your consumer car policy, policy, right? Mm -hmm. So you might need a business, a commercial policy addendum if you want to advertise on your car. And it's just understanding the laws, understanding your tax implications, understanding using Venmo against the new terms of service. And, you know, if we're going taxes, Mm -hmm. you open yourself to liability. And are you prepared to dress for the slide or the ride? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that goes with, like, Facebook and Instagram, too. Are you researching what you're posting? Are you, Do you know the, the scams that are going around via email? Are you clicking on random things? That can take your whole business down, especially if you get most of your leads yeah. on Facebook. Um, Using the same password more than once. True. Right there. Yeah. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you guys wonder, LastPass even had a um, small breach. It didn't affect any personal accounts and they fixed the loophole or whatever. But LastPass is a great password manager. There's a couple other options. I do think LastPass has a paid feature if you want to use it on your phone and your computer, which yeah. I use it on both. So I do pay for that. I think it's $36 a year and I've paid for it for so many years and I'd pay for it for so many more. It has saved Heather's made me a LastPass believer. And GAMS and mom's kind of trying. Summer, I think. Summer's working on it. Um, she needs to work on it a little bit harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so another phrase. I want to see if Corey can tie this one because I didn't go over this one with her when we got there. Uh, there's two variations of this one. So you can say this to any motorcyclist and they're okay. going to be like, oh my God, they sent it to me. Okay. You can either say shiny side up or rubber side down. Either one is interchangeable. Okay, hold on. Let me think with that. Like shiny side up, uh-huh. rubber side down. So the, the shine on the bike is facing the sun. Yeah, so don't drop the on. <laughs> don't let the rubbers be off. <laughs> So that's like when you see the Jeep and it says, if you see this, if you can read this, (laughs) yeah, call the number one. (laughs) So you can see any motorcyclist at about takeoff, you say, hey, rubber side down. Rubber side down. down. So how would you apply that one to cookies? I would say having a good foundation in your business. That's good. Is that where you're going with that? I didn't actually have a tie into this one. I just remembered it. I was looking at my list. Rubber side down. A good foundation if you're in your business. If you didn't tune in last time, we talked about sandy shows and building your dream house. <laughs> yes, There's architecture <laughs> If you're if you're not if you don't have the right pieces in your business, you will fail eventually. It'll be a slow ride down. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times, people just set up a Facebook page or an Instagram profile and just start posting to it and be like, yeah, I don't really like Instagram. It doesn't really work. Let's look at the strategy behind there. Like, do you have your bio filled out? Can I see on your bio, like your location? Is your hashtag strategy strong? 
Are your photos good? Are you posting when your audience is most active? Because you can see that. If you have a business or creator account on Instagram, you can see when your audience is most active. And guess when you should be posting? You right can see that on in Instagram? Because mm-hmm. you can't see it on Facebook. You can't see it on Facebook. So that's what my little take on that little that's doodly good one. was. That's a good one. Okay. What your take? Side down, shiny side. I'm gonna say this one felt like shiny side up. You say this right, like when you know it's kind of like the like hey, like be safe thing. Like you gotta say optimism. Today. Like keep the shiny side up, man. Like hey, stay up. Don't fall over. Stay <laughs> okay, look, <laughs> let's tune <laughs> it. Heather saying shiny side up. You, you, there will be sales that fail. Yeah, ask me how I know. <laughs> but guess what? When someone says sold out, it doesn't necessarily mean they sold out. It means maybe they made zero sales and they're like, hey, maybe I'm going to abandon this. I'd be like, guys. Broke even. What is their sold out compared to your sold out? Could how many you units 50, did you have? Dozens and they're like, well, I only do this part time on the weekends on Tuesdays and they could only sell one unit. That's their sold out. Right. Sold out is relative. So is shiny side up. Hey, awesome. I'm glad you sold out. I'm glad you sold out. I'm glad you sold out and all your sold outs are different. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sell out in my different sold out. Well, sometimes I'm like, hey, we're about to sell out. And if you ask me how many more I could do, well, when the orders stop coming in, we'll be sold out. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that one. It's kind of like, hey, don't mess this up. Rubber side down. Shiny side up. Whatever you want to do. Just say it. Okay, we're going to throw this other one at you. Okay. You don't, what? We should. I didn't talk about this. Yeah. But I just remember you. Okay. Straight line hero cornering zero. Okay. Hold on. In every corner, uh-huh. there is a zero degree, uh-uh. right? It's a stab at, okay, so most single, you know, okay, motorcycle accidents typically involve other cars. But when it's a motorcycle by themselves, the accident a hundred happens on a turn. On a turn, because cornering, turning, it's cornering hard. is very difficult because you got to look where you want to go. You got to, you know, calculate Lean the radius. Turning, turning left is actually letting the bike fall, right? It's this counter, it's a lot going on that you have to calculate in your brain and also keep this bike up. So a straight line here, everyone can run in a straight line. Everyone can go straight on a bike. But it's the turning, it's the, the turns that really kind of throw people off the bike. <laughs> <laughs> so just for the slot, not the ride. Right. So your business is pretty easy when you're just saying the course. When you're just like, okay, but what happens when there's a turn? How strong are you? How uh, good of a proverbial mm-hmm. rider are you when it starts getting a little bit more difficult? Because you can, anyone can ride straight. The bike stays up itself. Yeah. It's like, you know. This, you know, this kind of ties into what I hear people say, beginner's luck. You know, uh-huh. you set a Facebook page. Everyone's like, oh, my goodness, Cheryl, you finally are selling. I want to buy all your cookies. And you're like, wow, I am, re- wow, this is, I'm succeeding. I, I could make this a full-time thing. Then we have, like, dry July, you know, which is the slow time for orders and cookies and people like that. And you're like, well, I'm going to add a new menu item because I think that's what they want. And Here then no one yeah. no one buys. And you're like, And then you oh. get the whole, like, okay, Cheryl's like, I'm no longer doing cookies. I didn't like the turn. Mm-hmm. I'm a straight line hero, cornering zero. <laughs> so you say, okay, that, that was too stressful. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we straighten back up because it's Christmas time. It's a license to print yeah. a proverbial cookie money. And you're back in there. And you didn't learn from the turns that you can, you know, duck from the punches of business, which you're going to happen. Again, an if and when thing. Absolutely. When I add something new to a menu or some new option that my audience has never before seen, 
I do not go in there thinking I'm going to have overnight success. What I go into there is knowing that this is probably going to be a six-week campaign cycle. One, I need to warm them up to even the idea Mm -hmm. of it. Then I need to say the benefits of it. And then eventually I will have to ask for the sale. Mm -hmm. But I can't just go into there and just throw like, I'm making cinema buns tonight right nobody bought it and we're not doing cinema buns <laughs> yeah and say cinema buns don't sell yeah no there's so much strategy so much planning that goes behind there because and then it's test test retest yeah you can't do one bun run and then say <laughs> bun runs were out honestly doing a bun run in december you are going to make millions who <laughs> i think some of these i think it was a merity i know laura does it they'll do they'll cinema do delivery on the day of christmas morning yeah so christmas morning they will have it and then you just put those little bad boys in the oven and that's going to be much more successful than doing a cinnamon <laughs> bun run on Wednesday, September 7th (laughs) morning. (laughs) Because there's strategy behind it. But a lot of people get so disheartened when they try something. And, hey, I know you're putting your heart into it. And my heart would ache a little, too, if I didn't get the full round of applause and sell out. But you have to know your audience isn't necessarily prepared. Did you have, like, an idea behind this campaign? Was your campaign filled with this all kinds of strategies? Yeah. This one is a story, not a catchphrase, but I think the parallels are very strong when it comes to motorcycles and bacon and biking. Bacon and biking. I think that's going to be a title, bacon and biking. But is it bacon, B-A-C-O-N? Bacon. No. Crispy bacon. <laughs> like, in the world? <laughs> the girls have lost this. Uh, I bought a motorcycle. I didn't know how to ride it. I, got, I bought it from a friend in Colorado this and shipped an it over. Story. And when the guy who shipped the bike over, this older gentleman, he was like, hey, where's the husband that bought it? And I was like, I am that person who bought it. And he mm-hmm. said, this is, he said, I should never do this. But if you were my daughter, I'd tell you, please don't. Please get something smaller. So I said, okay. The no, bike please. was huge. Heather was on her tippy, tippy toes. I ended up learning how to ride it later. But not to be discouraged, I called a friend who I call Bike John. So Bike John, I say, hey, Bike John, I want to get a smaller bike to learn on. So he says, okay. So we're driving down to Fredericksburg to buy this bike from Facebook Craigslist or whatever. Yeah. And there's a motorcyclist on the highway next to us. At this point, I don't know how to ride. And Bike John says, oh, look, he's a terrible rider. But I didn't want to show my hand of cluelessness. Mm-hmm. But the guy's on the bike on the interstate. Mm-hmm. How clueless could you be? Yeah. And I said, but I hate to. Can you just tell me why you think he's clueless? He said he's so unpredictable. He's all over the lane. He's fast and slow. He's very hard to predict what he's about to do. Yeah, us cagers need a little Cagers, right? You can't already see motorcyclists. And now this guy's, you know, left side of the lane, right side of the lane. He's speeding up. He's dropping yeah. way back. Yes. And I said, oh, he's not predictable. So being a motorcyclist, you need to be predictable to the cagers around yeah. you. Yeah. So we can know to not merge into you. <laughs> <laughs> we think about our baking business. It is good to be predictable. And the, the instance of being consistent. Consistent. Mm-hmm. I know that sometimes bakers like to take off months. Months and months and months. months. And months. That's very unpredictable. So when that person who ordered from you for Mother's Day last year comes back to order for Mother's Day this year and you're like, oh, I'm actually off for two months. You're an unpredictable biker. But don't listen. It's not bad to take a vacation. We want no you to way. take a vacation because you have to. But don't abandon all of your yeah. business profiles, whether it be your it website. It's hard to bring that back. It, it's, we always say we have to resuscitate a dead page. When a client comes to us and they're like, yeah, I would really like some engagement. And we scroll back for a whole year of posts and like it's like they posted once a month and it's always Then like, you can tell their strategy shifted. Then they didn't post. Then they posted yeah. this new thing. Then we want stopped. to be consistent to our audience. If that consistency looks like once a week when you're on vacation hey you actually can use facebook planner it's free through facebook and you can schedule Mm -hmm. up your posts 
So you don't even necessarily have to be there. What we don't want you to do is necessarily abandon it. Like if you know the post is going up at 10 on a Monday and you're like at Disney World, just like at 1030 while you're waiting that ever loving long line, Mm -hmm. just get on there and like respond to the comments. (laughs) A good way to be predictable is to communicate. Hey, people, I'm here is my schedule for the month. Here's my schedule for three months. I'm actually out of town this one week, this two weeks. So that way people are like, well, she was predictable. I knew exactly when she was going to leave, when she was going to come back. Um, hey guys, I know last year we did gingerbreads. We're doing it again this year. You've already built the marketing expectation. When you capitalize on like, hey, we did cinnamon bun. We did a bun run last year. We're going to do a bun run this year. You've conditioned. You've already done the marketing heavy lifting last year. Now you have a Hopefully, everyone who placed that order last year, you can send them an email. Yeah, I already have year. people asking me for Halloween DIY kits. Because they said I, I saw them. I, saw, I ordered this from you last year. <laughs> yeah, I've, they've done, I, we've done it every year. If I just rip the like rug out from under them and they expect me to sell it, then they reach out the week of Halloween. Okay, where do I buy it? I'm not doing it this year. You're not predictable. Not predictable. And guess what? They will find someone that who is, is predictable. predictable. They just – a lot of people, we don't have time to search for uh, you know auto mechanic for this guy's out and then right. this company's busy and I just – need someone who's pretty predictable um i'll give i'll pay a higher price for predictability because yeah. then i don't have to go search around and do that awkward like hey you're gonna yeah. steal my money you're gonna give me what i asked for <laughs> plus it also will help you from having to always churn over a cold audience into a warm audience if you can keep mm. your warmest leads which the people who have already paid you happy and they can know oh the, she's pretty predictable i know that i have to probably schedule a month out with her because you know she books up so fast that's a good one that is going to help a lot of something people do. we do for our cookie classes yes as i always say this will book out 15 days in advance yeah so you we do we have wait list absolutely but do people that have been to class before know yeah, so yeah. sometimes they'll leave class and they'll buy a ticket on their way out and be like, oh, I see, I see you buy a ticket right there. <laughs> and we stayed in class. We say, hey, don't wait till the last minute. Our holiday classes book up fast. That's what we always say. So if I can be predictable to people, I actually schedule posts. I just say, hey, just so you know, our class is a whole standalone post. Just, hey, 15 days, head up. If it doesn't, the worst case scenario, it doesn't fill up. Then I'll be like, hey, there's a seat available. <laughs> yeah. But at least we're predictable. And what we don't want to do is introduce frustration. Well, I thought I was going to – you keep saying tickets are available. Now they're not. Oh, well, sometimes we buck up. But like, mm-hmm. hey, 15 days just on average, you know, check back. Make sure. If you have any questions, let us know. A lot of people will use availability calendars. They'll post those up each month and be like, I have this week free. Um, and some people are like, well, I don't want people to not order from me because they think I am I can't take their order. Well, at the end of the day, you can't take their order. Right. <laughs> so it's okay to say, hey, I only have this one week free. People will say, oh, yeah, let me book for that week. Also, the power of FOMO marketing, you're going to probably fill it up faster than anything. But be predictable both in bikes and in business. Amen. Okay, my last one is at get. At get. Hold on. Just sounds like AT&T to me. Right. It's kind of spelled the same way. A-T-G-A-T-T. I have no idea. All the gear, all the time. All the gear, all the time. I'm going to say it all day. <laughs> so this one, this one will ruffle some, uh, you shout this out to a motorcyclist without a helmet on, I think they'll fight you. But I agree. Okay, so at GAD is all the gear, all the time. It's pretty easy to say I'm just driving up the street, riding up the street, whatever. And I'm not going to wear my dress for the slide, not for the ride, you know, pads, pants, and pads, coat. You yeah. can even get like a bum pad. You know, gotta yeah, protect the cheekers. <laughs> <laughs> so you can say, so a lot of people will be like, because they say even most car accidents happen within five minutes from home. Yeah. So that excuse of like, I'm just going to run up to, you know, to the restaurant on my bike. I'm just not going to put on, it's hot. hot. I don't want to carry the gear. I don't want to yeah. have to lock it up. Yeah. I'm just going to, it's going to ruin my hair. I'm just right. going to take the helmet off. 
well, the, the motorcycle ride will ruin your hair. <laughs> okay, I've obviously never had <laughs> one, but it sounded but, good in my head. So Agat is all the gear all the time, even though you don't want to, even though it's hot, even though I'm going up the street, even though it's just two seconds, even though it's just my knee pads, all the gear all the time. A lot of people, yeah, I went to the, they call them cycle gears, the little motorcycle clothing shop mm-hmm. on the street. Uh, and I was said, hey, like guy that sells motorcycle gear. I said, what do you think sh- everyone should buy that doesn't? He's like, honestly, uh, the motorcycle shoes. He said they protect your ankles. Yeah. And ankles he said a lot of people so- get in accidents try to catch themselves. And he said oh, your ankles are the first I, thing to go. Oh, my goodness. So my all the gear all the time. You, okay, so the motorcycle shoes have like steel in the Isn't toe and the Isn't it super ankle. tall ankle part? And it's like a million laces oh, okay. to, to like tie it up so it doesn't come off. Yeah. In yes. an accident. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So um, all the gear all the time is something that says like, hey, even when in doubt, just do. So how are you going to tie that to No, me? I want you to tie that one. That was very hard. <laughs> that was all gear all the time. I would say, I would say all social media all the time. Back to what we kind of talked about last week. It's easy to be like, I'm going to use Instagram or TikTok. Mm-hmm. But where are my leads? Oh, they're on Instagram and TikTok. All gear all the time. You know, you can be active on these. Okay, you can't be active on all of them. Try me. In a perfect world. <laughs> it's very hard. <laughs> but email marketing works. Email well, I'm too busy. Work. Okay, then all the gear all the time. Email marketing works. Figure out a way to send a short email to mm-hmm. your audience. Um, well, you know, I don't understand reels. Feel, figure it out. Like, just do a crappy reel. Crudly reel. At the end of the day, posting up something, even if your first reel is crudely, uh, it's something. You've gotten one step closer to that great reel that, you know, is going to make you millions of sales and followers. <laughs> <laughs> but being... But being prepared and making sure that you know if you conscientiously don't choose to be on Instagram because you don't have the time, that is totally fine. But just know there is leads that are on Instagram. If you're using Instagram correctly with strategy and research, you can get leads on Instagram. So if you go into it knowing like, hey, if I have a website, I can get leads. If I start collecting emails, I can do a newsletter, get leads. Facebook, Facebook ads, Instagram, TikTok, all these platforms, there's leads for you. And knowing like, what me and Heather don't always send a ton of emails with our cookie classes. And the reason being is because we can book up sometimes without them. If we have one chair that's open, I'll say, hey, Heather, send out an email. And that's how we can get someone's bun in that last seat. Bun runs. But if I didn't have the email list, I'd be desperately posting to Facebook. Please. Right. So all the gear all the time. If I had to extrapolate the business meaning from that is like, hey, just be – there's things that work in a bakery business, cottage or brick and mortar, and those things I would focus on. And mm-hmm. before you say, nothing's working – I would say all the gear, what gear did you leave at home? Like all the gear all the time. If you're not going to put on all the gear, you can't ask why isn't it working. It's not working because you don't have your butt pad on. Someone's calling the work phone. It's glowing. It's <laughs> well, going to be a scam likely. <laughs> Let me just, this has nothing to do with your amazing topics of today. Okay. But I've seen this a few times recently in the group, especially because Instagram has told people that they really want videos. Now the only option to do videos is either in your stories or in reels. So a lot of people have jumped on the reels bandwagon. That of force. They can't, you can't post stories. Yeah, but it's I a mean, great. I mean, you can't post videos. Yeah, it's a great way to reach a lot of people. What have been seeing in the group is someone will have four four reels that maybe have about 5,000, 6,000 views per each. Great numbers. And they'll have one reel that maybe has 200 views. And they'll be like, what happened? What did I do? Yeah, this, do I delete it? 
at the end of the day, Reels will the Reels views is not going to pay your your bills. I cannot go to Dominion Energy and be like, look at my six thousand. Thank Reels you, ma'am. Views. That will buy you three light bulbs. But <laughs> well, what you still have is a captivated audience, even at two hundred views. That's two hundred people. That's yeah. a lot of people. What if two hundred people were staying in this house? We'd be like, oh my goodness, this is a fire hazard. <laughs> what you want in your audience is an audience that's loyal to you. If if that audience is in the two hundred people. That's a that's a great reel at the end of the day. It might not have the 6,000 cookiers that are viewing it. It might have 200 of your local audience seeing it. Right. Look at look at Corey. Our target audience is all that really matters. Really matters. So our target audience obviously is you guys. So, you know, Corey came in today and was like, hey, I posted this uh, reel and it got 200,000 views. And I said, how many of them are targeting? She's like, oh, next to none. So while that's a really cool number, 200,000, it's well, I'm going to say worthless because it's not our target. So numbers are kind of vanity metrics if they're not our target audience. So it's easy to fall in love with these view numbers. I asked my little sister. She's constantly refreshing that yeah. view counter. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter. I want, would want one view of somebody who bought from me than 100,000 views of people who are looking for yeah. ASMR content. But it's so addicting to see those views and want oh, those yeah, high man, views. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. So when I, when I had the TikTok that had 250,000 and then my next one has 94, I was like, well, I'm done. I quit. <laughs> no, but of that 94, someone in there could be my target audience. And 94 people taking the time to view my stuff. That's a lot of people. If 94 people went to my email and said, can I order cookies? I would be like, I have to turn some of y'all away. <laughs> right, right. To, to tie it back to motorcycles, I bought that big motorcycle was a motorcycle as a Ducati with a racing pedigree. It was an eight. Sounds like a dog. Eight. A well, pedigree. that's what they call it, racing pedigree, if you want to sound fancy. <laughs> Anyways, this motorcycle was capable of winning, uh, you know, major the best races. of dog contest. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Not everybody has a dog. Uh, and most people have dogs. Oh, somebody liked the Facebook page. I liked it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm so sad. Uh, but, you know, I didn't have the capability of riding it anywhere close to what it needed no. to be. But people were like, oh, my goodness, you have a Ducati Street Fighter? And I was like, yeah, I do. But it was a complete vanity metric because I had the bike, but I couldn't ride the bike. Yeah. I just had it. Had and had I had an was extra getting... bike that she could learn to ride that bike <laughs> I on. I had that bike parked over there. <laughs> uh, I remember I had Bike John ride it around because they need they need to move a little bit. You did look like a proud mom when you were staring at him that Look day. at him go over there. <laughs> look at my little bike. Uh, bike. Yeah. So it's kind of a vanity. Like, cool. You have a Ducati? Well, kind of. In some regards. <laughs> According to the tax man on property tax day, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of saying like, hey, that that's a cool that's a cool bike, but you didn't really have it. Yeah. Uh, you had to pay for it. <laughs> it had you. Right. right. The, the chokehold. In yeah. There. So how much do you do things for everyone to be like, ooh, ah. And how much do you actually do things to like get to accomplish our goal, which is our target audience and selling a set of cookies mm-hmm. would be mm-hmm. our goal. And if that's 20 views, man. Hey, that's that's an amazing 20 views. Right. If Corey posted to Sugar Cookie Marketing, a local, hey, guys, I'm in this farmer's market in Lake Ridge. We're not going to hit anybody that's in our target audience, and it's going to be, it's not going to resonate with them. But mm-hmm. now she posted that to her local cookie page. All those people are actually interested in Lake Ridge because that's where they live. Absolutely. So they're going to be like, oh, my goodness, but you may only reach 15 people. Yeah, my, These no, my number might be tiny. People. There's 36,000 people in sugar cookie marketing, but none of them are going to go to the farmer's market right down the street. Right. So it's kind of saying like, hey, break up with the numbers mm-hmm. and fall in love with the conversion rate. How many people from that video ended up in your inbox asking about the next set of mm-hmm. cookies? If you use the hashtag sugar cookie marketing on Instagram, I will be stalking your profile. It's just what I do. 
Um, I stop by, give likes to as many posts as I can before Instagram says you can't repeat that anymore because you're violating guidelines. But what I love to see, I don't ever look at the like count and say, oh my goodness. What I'm looking at is your content, is your hashtag strategy strong? And then I'm like from that, hey, they have 15 probably local amazing likes. People that actually can put money in their pocket. You're not just using cookier hashtags that other cookiers would use because guess what? Cookiers aren't going to pay you. So even though those numbers look amazing and you look at these big cookie accounts, you're like, so oh, good, I man. wish I could it's the Ducati numbers. <laughs> you're just, it's a vanity metric at the end of the day. And, and even though your numbers might be small, but your strategy is local, hyper local, and you're really like targeting those people that can actually pay you. That's what I applaud. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Don't focus on your Facebook page having 5,000 likes. Uh, focus on your page having 500 people who would just fight over your availability cal- yeah. calendar. Mm-hmm. Okay, that concludes your motorcycle lesson. How does everyone feel? I feel like I will fall off. <laughs> I'm no longer a cager. <laughs> I will always be a cager with my AC on. Four wheels move the body, two wheels move the soul. <laughs> Me and Heather bought, at the beginning of the quarantine, we went and got two just little bicycles, like where you pedal and everything. Your body moves the body. Yeah. (laughs) Me and Heather, how many miles away was this? Quite far. If you guys know Northern Virginia, Springfield to Burke. If you know. It it was up up uphills both ways. But Heather had this idea that we'd buy these bikes, but we technically didn't have a way to get them home because no one has a bike rack on Uh, the back of their car. Legs. (laughs) So Heather had us get driven over to Dick Sporting Goods. Let me see how. And we were dropped off and then we said, Hey Dick Sporting Good man, can you get our bikes ready? And he was like, Yeah, where which car do you need me to mount them out in the back to? And I said, We're just going to be sitting and riding those bad boys home. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, this is how many miles it is on a bike of course bicycle. It is uh, 8.6 miles, 50 minutes. 8.6 miles. And you said how many minutes? It, it predicts 50 minutes. I don't know how uh, it's predicting. That was about four hours for us. <laughs> I was behind Heather, and I just wanted to fall off and just have a slumber on the side of the road. I was so did physically tired. <laughs> we made it. We did it. I just remember turning the corner. What does it have to do with oh, the podcast? Well, don't buy a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only bike I know. <laughs> so, okay, moving on to the cookie college. The cookie college. We got a post of the rest of the events for this month, but we'll be talking about what to send in a newsletter, how to get that open rate. So an open rate, if you guys can put two and two together, is people opening the email. It's one thing to send them. That's half the battle. Yeah, Just half the battle sending it. The next battle is, is someone to open, to open it. it. And the final and final boss <laughs> is getting them to click on something. Yes, probably click to your website. Ideally, or something you're selling, mm-hmm. right? So you have, uh, you know, click-through rate, open rate, and then conversion rate. And we'd like for all those to get hired. So how are you going to get somebody to open an email? It comes down to the subject, the subject uh, line, the preview line yeah. as well. Emojis. Um, do you guys use hooks? How many times can we use clickbait without getting our audience exhausted mm-hmm. from it and stuff like that? We're also doing Corey's teaching like a real quick class on ring box cookies. Yeah, buddy. And then Katie Gre- Greider. Greider. Is teaching uh, Wix, like intro to Wix. Yeah, intro to Wix. So if Wix is something that's been on your radar, that class will be for you. Yeah, she's doing a real, because it's what she uses, and it's kind of a real basic um, approach. I did a little teaser of the Ringbox cookie on our Instagram. 
hash. It's uh, at sugar cookie marketing underscore if you would like to see it. And someone was able to replicate that oh, that's cookie. So great. Exactly. So and they're like, you... oh my goodness, thanks for a little tutorial. Oh, that's awesome. One I think I'll, I'll post either this month's, month or next is photo organization. Now, I know a lot of you, if you guys are like Corey, Oof. maybe have too many photos and not enough hard drive. Oh, my phone is running late. Right. So we want to take what I'll do in this class is I want to take these photos off our phone and use a third party app. I want to talk about Google Photos, even though it's not my preferred one. It is the free one. Mm-hmm. And then I want to talk about Dropbox and creating a hierarchical structure of our photo nomenclature to create a searchable database of photos. That will be awesome because, unfortunately, when I first started, I just named the date <laughs> and nothing of what the theme well, was. it's going to take some footwork, but everything worth it in life does. Right? I have been going through and giving them names. Cool, cool. So we'll probably come up with a couple different naming strategies that kind of let this be mm-hmm. a searchable database rather than these nightmares. But you can sign up for the Cookie College <laughs> at www.thecookiecollege.com. It is $68 a month, but you get so much. You get over 80 courses. I say you've been dropping the freebie photos. I have. Like, I have really had. What's a freebie photo? A freebie photo. That is a great question. A lot of times. Thank you, Heather. Back to me. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of times when you go to make a sale, if it's a pre-sale, it's a cookie decorating set, an engagement post on your Facebook page, it takes a lot of work to make those. One, you got to bake it up. Photograph it, edit it, and post by it. Boxes, by, by the boxes. By the boxes, yeah. The by the camera, by the cutters. Absolutely. But I dough. already have that because I am a hoarder. She's a hoarder. So what I have been able to do is provide engagement photos. Like today I made these little ghost cookies. It was the it was from Bowie's Cutters. It's the cutest little ghost ever. And I made one with no face at all. And I told everyone, hey, have your audience draw a face on this to get them engaged with your photos. They loved it. They loved it. But I dropped freebie photos all the time. So I did the Target apples. A lot of people made sales with that. Some people ask, why would I post work that isn't mine? It's a great, great question to have. What I do is I spell it out down to the sprinkle mix how to recreate this stuff. And it's really basic stuff. Yeah. I'm I feel not, like if I was desperate, I could do it. I'm Heather. I'm Heather. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not doing like big ornate floral flowers or anything no, like that. No, it's all real bicep. To me, it's things that would sell well without a big time commitment. So the apples are pretty margin. generic. So I, that's what I want to sell. I don't want to do something that's going to take me 50 hours and there's no profit involved. Right. So you did a DIY kit. I know you did these cool witch fingers. I did these witch fingers. Witch they were finger two fries. colors. That's be pretty easy. I feel like the more, the more bumps in the icing, it adds to the aesthetic. It really does. <laughs> you could have the the worst whatever. And so essentially, Corey gives you the the photos to market this with. You market. You can see if people are interested in it. You could even pre sell it and collect money. And then when you get enough enough sales that you warrant you turning around and buying the supplies, mm-hmm. you could turn around and buy those. And then when I'm gonna get the supplies, Corey's lick a list of here's a cookie cutter, here's the packaging, here's the cookie tag. Which I think I actually made that one. Uh, and then you can just go print that off on your home computer. Yeah. So the, a lot of people have enjoyed the time that it has saved them and the sales that they have made. Um, and that's the, my ultimate goal with them. Some people are like, do you hate that people are using photos? No, I love, I absolutely get this high seeing people use it. I'm like, do you find me like this one? <laughs> yeah. But so some people will say, well, is that all it is? It's freebie photos. Ideally, it's the freebie photos of the training wheels to get you to be able to do your own thing. And that's where the coursework comes in. I am biased mm-hmm. since I teach the classes. True. But you can take these courses. Somebody asked me the other day and she had just joined. She's like, how do I get organized in my life? 
Gmail tips and tricks. And let's go to Google Calendar. Then let's jump into Asana and let's pre-plan together. Here's four classes I can give you right now that if you get through these four, yeah. you'll have so like, much time you can goodness. make your your own freebie photos. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, adding photo organization and then uh, that email marketing. It's just, it all builds on itself so that you're self-sufficient. You're like, oh my goodness, thanks girls. I'm yeah. on my, I'm, I've got it. Uh-huh. I got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you guys want to check that out, really happy to have you. It is thecookiecollege.com. And what a fun group of people. We've had the most people now that we've ever had, which is great because eventually at the end of the year, the price will be raising. So if you want to jump raising? in, rising. Rising. Increasing. Increasing. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to do all three. Um, but if you want to jump in before the price increase, now is the time. So you can dive in there, get some freebie photos, take some of those courses because there is over 80 courses and they range in how how long they are. It just depends what you want I to think dive you, into. Most of the time, look about an hour. I think your ring box course is like 13 minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We're in and out. We got a ring box. <laughs> so yeah, there's a, it's pretty cool. Um, if you have any questions, you can always ask us the at. Okay, going into group stuff. I'm going to go through some events because we had a little moving and a shaking of the schedule, but um, then then we'll go into some messages, texts, and stuff. So we this one is rescheduled Intro and Basics of Copywriting 101 with Jen Church. She is such a nice person, so I can't imagine that she won't be such an amazing writer as well. So if you want to do that one, she wanted to do, I think, a screen share, and then Facebook was like, no, nah, we're going to glitch. Okay. So she rescheduled to tomorrow. Rescheduled to Thursday is everything you need to know about Donations 101, which is perfect timing. I see people starting to get those PTA sponsorship requests. What do? Yeah. Do you? Do you not? How do you handle it? What's yes. the profit? How do I track this? So that will be with Kimberly Tracy. She had a terrible migraine. I don't get migraines, but for you poor folk who do, my dad has always had them. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't, the, it, it just it seems, shuts I don't down. even know. Yeah. Uh, then we have rescheduled intro to baking cookie pops with Annabelle. That's not cake pops, which I think are of the devil. It's cookie pops, mm-hmm. which is adorable. Cake pops are probably really cool, but everyone said, like, if they, I said, I asked the group, like, what's yeah. one thing you'd never do again? They're like, cake pops. I just bought a course. I'm going to try it. Okay. I don't know. We'll bring them over because I want to eat it. All right. Then we have this really fun one as well. Make, bake, and decorate pie platters with Beth Hennington, who are called Best Hennington. That was hilarious. <laughs> but she, I mean, this stuff looks like real pies, but they're cookies, I guess. I don't know. It looks insanely talented, but she's going to actually take you through the entire process. Neat. And then we have, this one is rescheduled as well. It's supposed to be today, but it will be on September 21st. Steps to make sure your email arrives. It's called email deliverability. And it is important when we talk about emails because, again, we can't have an open rate if somebody ain't getting it. <laughs> if true. you're ending up in spam folders, if you're ending up in the promotional folder, I know that we do as Sugar Cookie Marketing because that's the way that people are handling our emails once they get them. And that's how you tell these email senders, email, yeah, like Gmail or SendGrid yeah. or uh, MailChimp, it's based off of what the interaction of the person receiving your email kind of does. And there's things you can do to either make that better or in there's things you can do to sabotage it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of keep that in mind. So jumping into text, and then we have a voicemail. Hi, twins. This is Chelsea from Waco, Texas with Craig and... <laughs> Cake and crumb bakery. That's a crake. (laughs) My question is regarding Instagram spammers. Whenever I post, I always get two to five spammy comments saying DMs, uh, DM us to promote and stuff like that. Should I delete these? Well, leaving them boost engagement. Thanks so much for all your insight and advice. We cookiers sure do owe you both. Oh, that's so nice. I know exactly what she's talking about. When you they are hashtags. attracted to a specific hashtag. There's a hashtag. Using. Does that mean don't use a hashtag? It just depends. Like if I do hashtag Halloween, I will get be featured on this Halloween account. But if I do hashtag Halloween cookies, 
I don't get that. You do a hashtag DC. Right. Oh, yeah. For some you reason, so yep. much. Yes, yes. If so what's happening? Virginia is there somebody behind the phone vigorously typing when they see a hashtag? Not a chance. It is a bot. It and is. the bot script is triggered when you use that hashtag. Instagram has the ability to mass block these types of comments by going into your settings and adding the word promote, promote it on, you know, they've DM gotten a for. little smarter and then we'll leave an O out of promote. <laughs> promote. <laughs> hey. um, so she's asking, Chelsea is saying, do I delete those or do they count towards my comments as Bitch. engagement? I'm going to just tell you my strategy. And then I'm going to give you mine. I want you to go first. No, I, I delete them. Oh, <gasps> you delete them because of this. I used to run these bots. Yeah, and the algorithm knows that these are spam comments. Right. It is acting so unnaturally that Instagram is tracking these types of comments from these types of accounts, and it will delete them. So, in my non-Instagram HQ brain, I think Instagram is like, nah, this is not it. This isn't it. Because I am so much more stalkerish than Heather. Okay. What I do for mine is I leave those comments and I actually reply to them. And I'll be like, will do with little heart and a I thumbs up. Like an idiot falls for bot comments. Listen, when you're scrolling and you say, oh, wow, this post has two comments already. I know. I it know. shows that there's engagement already I there. I know. I know. So if it, if, while it's there before it's deleted, let me get a little juice juice out of it. Okay. Just because other folks. So your vote, leave it. My vote, leave it, respond to it, give it a little heart. <laughs> What if we had a compromise? Block the promoted on, but leave the promote on. <laughs> <Deal>. Okay. <laughs> they tried really hard. They deserve a little whole time in the sun. Okay, let me pull up our voicemail. Here we go. Hello, I have a question for you ladies. This is Jenna from Connecticut. I saw an interesting post in the group where someone said that crumble cookies had moved in basically across the street from their brick and mortar. And I'm interested to hear what advice you would have for any of us who have a crumble or another competitor who is moving in nearby. Thanks. Love that one. I also kind of like crumble cookies. I think they're pretty good. (laughs) My thing is embrace your crumble cookies. A lot of times... I sell sugar cookies. Crumble does not sell that. So technically, are they even in my lane? No. But at the end of the day, are they easily accessible? Do you have to order two months in advance? No, you can walk in there and get them. I say embrace them because at the end of the day, there's a franchise owner who's probably local that's running that location. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're kind of pretty, if anything, Crumble Cookies bringing awareness to the cookie cookie world. world. (laughs) Right? Doing some fair share of marketing. I would say... It, I may I be so bold. I would go into a crumble cookie and feature all the cookies they have each week. I made it's a, a different, video of yeah. it, mm. and I said, "You guys know I am the cookie, cookie lady lover." So I am going to give my opinion. Of course, I loved everything. Right. <laughs> I delicious. think I've heard that each one is like each. If you took yeah, the thing, it's one hundred and fifty calories per square per like per slice. quarter. Yeah, yeah. Prayer pizza slice. And they come in with the cutter. Like, you I don't, it's just no, going to fit into my a, mouth. I don't need a cutter. That thing is going directly into mm. my face canal. I would say, if you want my personal opinion on crumble cookies, I wouldn't let them sit out too long. Not that I've had that problem. I've inhaled them. I eat them in the car. Yeah. I wouldn't let them sit out and be like, I'll come back to you in two days. Like, no, you got to kind of get mm-hmm. to it. That's or- definitely not this lady's question. I just wanted to provide some honesty. <laughs> so what happens? Let's pretend if it's not a crumble cookie. Let's pretend you have a business and across the street and down to the left, another bakery opened up. Mm-hmm. Odds are, I would say, if you're if you look at car dealerships, mm-hmm. they all congregate mm-hmm. because it means that people are looking for cars. It's actually a strategy that they all end up. If you ever look on YouTube, you can see like Google 
why do why are all car, car dealerships next to each other? It's a selling psychology that makes them all more money. Um, so I would say though, back to the bakery, like, uh, if you're from Dallas, you probably have like a baker every other door. It seems like you guys are all in the cookie group, but that means that your market can sustain that. Mm-hmm. Um, competition will increase when the market has the availability. And if you look at your own calendar, we're talking about availability calendars cause you're not always available. You guys do book up and that means that there's enough for everyone to go around. And then when we're talking about crumble cookies, it's so different than, than even a drop cookie seller. Yeah. Because crumble cookies is almost, to me, like Baskin Robbins. Just walk in, get your little fix, leave. Yeah. And then you have the sugar cookie decorator. Hey, I'm probably going to give this as a gift. I doubt a lot of people are buying a custom set of cookies to eat by themselves during Netflix. What? We're not supposed to do that. (laughs) But like, right? Like, isn't it more of like, I'm giving this to somebody? It's more of a gift. Definitely, I'm bringing this to a party. I'm hosting a party. Mm -hmm. It's not so much like, I'm hungry. Yeah, where I go to crumble because I'm going to eat it. <laughs> right. I, I'm going to eat that by myself and nobody's going to know about it. So I don't have to share. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's that's my perspective on that one. So that takes us through questions. There's one more, but I'm saving him for next week. Save him for next week just in case no bad. one ever calls in. 571 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What's next on the list? Next is sponsors. Sponsors. So castiron.me. Speaking of websites, if you want a free website... I know we talked about Wix. Wix isn't, Wix is free, but you get the branding with it. So Cast Iron is free and they'll actually build your website for you. If you want to get out the door, get something set up before we go live with Christmas and the holidays. I've been t- putting these counters, these countdowns for mm-hmm. the holidays. One, I had the dates wrong. Why did you, like, you say I'm having a heart attack? Because you said Christmas is tomorrow. A heart attack is three days early. <laughs> <laughs> so I fixed all the days, but it, I mean, like, uh, this is September. I can't believe it's September 6th. I know. And for folks that are wondering, like, usually September to October, it's, like, such a like a drag to get to Halloween, which is a big sales day. But we have Hocus Pocus right at the end of I September. Know. Thanks, Disney. Yeah, so Thank people you, are really having watch parties because you can only stream Hocus Pocus 2 on Disney+. Plus, which means- I like how everyone's, like, worried about uh, copyrights out the window for Hocus Pocus. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we got to get our audience warmed up. Got to make some sales. Disney, go by. Uh, but, yeah, anyways, castiron.me. Check them out. Oh, sorry. I, I know. I got derailed with the little, my bad, my the little calendar. Yeah. Uh, next up is, it is a, I always get the names mixed up. It's meringue powder called Royal Batch from a place called Bakety Bake, and it's in Idaho. If you want to try it out, it is one I love I how you like by. say, like, it's almost integral that we know that it's from Idaho. It's because it's in the website name, bakeytybakeidaho.com. Oh. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, it's not from Montana. <laughs> but it is an amazing meringue powder. It already has three ingredients. Right in the meringue powder. So you already, it'll be bright white because it already has white food coloring in there. So you get to save money on that. It already has corn syrup on there. I don't remember the last time I popped open my corn syrup because it already is in there. So I've done florals. It's I've done thicker than the- Big lump of knobs, it has the juice, it has the juice. <laughs> Most beautiful thing. <laughs> if you didn't know, tune into last week. My son has made us play that song every single day to school and back. I sent you an aesthetic one on TikTok. We'll watch it after oh, this. I will have to. Okay. okay. Um, but you can actually try a bakety bake, and there's a 10% discount if you use the code TWINS at checkout. But the website is bakeytybakeidaho.com. Bakety bake, Montana. It's not. It's not. It's definitely Idaho. <laughs> and then last but never least is Eduardo Eddie. We're giving away an Eddie um, in October. October. Eduardo. 
Eduardo. I feel like Eddie is yeah. a, a, a Spanish lover. He's a vibe. Yeah. Anyway, so Eddie is a direct-to-food printer. We did not name him that. The company named him that, and people think we nicknamed him that, but no, that it's Eddie, the edible food printer. You can print directly on now donuts, Someone did cookies. a the other day. They have chips on the website. Yeah. Cheese. Oh, yeah. Chips and cheese. Chips and cheese. Just delicious. If you want to print on it, it's FDA-approved edible ink. And it prints like your Canon printer. Don't use your Canon printer. You need an Eddie. But the how it prints is pretty just fantastical. It's like watching a spaceship boot up. I cannot remember the Instagram Instagram handle. And I do apologize because I know you listen because you use the hashtag. But she actually cut parchment paper. There's these number cutters that people are obsessed with. She sells out the minute she... She posts them, so you can't ever get these. But these number cutters, if I say it has a little spot for balloons, you probably know what I'm talking about. But she flooded one hole, one white. And I was like, where is this going? She puts this thing in Eddie. But she uses parchment. She had cut it out to the shape of the nine. Okay. Sends it into the printer. It comes out. It's flooded perfectly. With the nine is the only thing printed. I don't get the parchment paper part. The cookie is a a shape of a nine with two balloons. I get it. People technically are supposed to highlight the nine with a different color okay. icing so it stands out. Mm-hmm. So you say, oh, that's the number nine. A mm-hmm. kid's turning nine. Mm-hmm. But what she did was flood it all white. Mm-hmm. So she saved herself mixing a whole other color. Mm. She flooded it white, put it in there, cut the parchment paper out to be the shape of a number nine. Mm. Put it in the eddy with the parchment oh, she just did paper. the whole color? And it flooded. It, it oh, printed. Genius. It just did a nine outline. Because she cut the parchment to be the shape of a nine. And it was the cutest little design. And I said, how does it feel to be smarter than everybody else? And she said, smarter or lazier? (laughs) Same thing in my book. (laughs) Okay, that takes us to sponsors. Corey didn't check the mail. Do we have anything else? Twinterest. Oh, do you have one? You seem excited. I don't. Whoa. What a lead. Oh, wait. I did try. I did. Did I say this last week? Uh, The the chalk markers. Did I say that last week? Well, I'm saying it again this okay. week. If you want to see these two white chalk markers, we just had back to school and a lot of people were doing these chalkboard cookies. I thought they were adorable. But sometimes you don't want to make white icing and put it on black because one, colors bleed. Two, you have to mix the whole thing. And I found these two markers. One was like a chalk edible marker and the other one was just an edible marker. And I showed you what they look like side by side. I must say, I did watch that. Not to dog on the one, but it was kind of cruddly. <laughs> Which one? The one that never showed up. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. If I went over it again, would it show up or would it take away what I've already done? I guess you'll have to decide. But if you wanted to see what those two, I have no affiliation with them, so I don't care if you like it or not. <laughs> but you can check them out there on the Instagram. Okay. My Twinterest is a little just off-brand. It has nothing to do with cookies okay. or motorcycles. Wow. So I, you know how you have, everyone has one of these light switches in their house that needs to stay on. Well, in my yeah. cord management vibe of last month, it turns out that my computer entire system is plugged into one of those. Okay. Gams loves to forget that she turns off this one switch. That I say, please don't. Please don't. It this shuts down. This is so archaic that you're, what you're talking about computer. right now. The what? thing you sent me? This thing that doesn't let the, the lights, keep the lights on? Yeah, look, it's look at it. Look at that bad boy. Look at him. Keeping everything is on. Is it a sticker? No, it's a plastic. Screw? Yeah, and it screws into the light plate. So, okay, you know the old old light switch with the regular looking, the ones that a kid would drop you so yeah. you draw a light switch? I'm trying to explain this to podcast world. Oh. Of course, like, God, you can see it. So that light switch needs to stay on because it has one of those uh, outlets that's controlled by the light switch. Well, Gams loves to save power, even though when you flip that switch off, nothing turns off, but it will turn off my whole computer. She just doesn't realize it. Yeah. So this little plastic thing, you take off the plate screw, 
of the light switch and screw this into the plate screw and it just won't allow the light switch to turn off it's like almost a physical block but it's clear so it's not kind of ugly Mm -hmm. and now the light switch will stay on is it easy to remove two seconds i even thought this is going to be annoying no it was so simple in my got it from amazon in my bedroom the the we i mounted a tv on the wall but okay. the, the plug the TV goes into is a switch. Light switch one. It's you a light switch. You don't need to turn it off and the TV will be off. Yeah. So like when Nate would leave the room, he would just instinctually mm-hmm. turn off the light, which then turned off Frasier. Mm-hmm. Led to fights, And try divorce. to reboot a Roku stick. You're going to be a 10 minute order. Yeah, absolutely. So I keep – now I've kind of like been like – like stop myself. Right. But – this guy, like why did you call us dumb and now you're telling me where you're going to No, I said it's it. archaic. It's archaic, been around yeah, for a bazillion man. years. So has the bulb of light. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need to stop you from turning it off. Because a lot of the things in this office are automated, like smart switches, so I don't need to actually kill the power from there. I need it to not be killed. We're going to have to turn off this podcast because I'm sweat- sweating, sweating right now. It's <laughs> 